Hi, and welcome to The Well Exchange, where we talk about how our spiritual reality impacts our business, our relationships, and more. On today's podcast, we're discussing how offense affects your life and the life of those around you, and how you can find freedom through hard forgiveness. For more information or to connect with us, check us out at thewell.exchange or on Instagram at thewellexchange. Today, we want to talk about Offense, judgment, and heart forgiveness. Um, these are topics that we talk about a lot in our business. And um, we just have felt and have even heard people talking about in the body of Christ that there's a spirit of offense going around. Yeah. So what does offense actually mean biblically? And what does it do biblically? And I think this is super, super important to understand. And so we're going to just dive into the Bible, actually. Of Crazy. Word. Um, and first start off in, in Mark six. So this is where Jesus is rejected in Nazareth. Um, Nazareth, for those who don't know, that's where he was from, right? He was from Nazareth. Mm -hmm. So technically speaking, if you want to know the history of Jesus, he was born in Bethlehem, had to flee right away because, um, the king of the region was trying to kill him. But all boys, but yes, then. No, he's trying to kill. He killed all boys to try and kill him. Mm -hmm. Fled to Egypt. So Jesus yeah. grew up in Egypt, came back out of Egypt and lived in Nazareth for some time as a builder. People think he was a carpenter. The main building material they used was stone. So Jesus was more likely a stonemason, but really just meant a builder. It was favorable in his community. So imagine a young entrepreneur who's doing really well um, in the family business. And likable guy. Because he took over his dad's business. Right, but he's just Jesus. Just Jesus. He's just Jesus. Mexican Jesus? Yeah, no. <laughs> he's just Jesus. And uh, he's, he's your neighbor. He's a nice guy. But is that the Messiah? Is it the Messiah? All right. So um, it said this. After Jesus left Capernaum and returned with his disciples to Nazareth. Remember the first time Jesus was in Nazareth, he read Isaiah 61 and said, I am the Messiah. It's me. And they Hi. they tried to kill him. So they pushed him onto a cliff and they said he walked through the people. And I believe this was a miraculous thing. He actually like walked through. He ghosted them. Literally, that's where the term ghosting came from. Just kidding. I don't think it is. But Jesus walked through them and just left. And so this is his return to Nazareth. They're already offended. So it says on these, uh, this verse two, on the Sabbath, he went to teach in the synagogue. Everyone who heard his teaching was overwhelmed with astonishment. They said to themselves, what incredible wisdom, wisdom has been given to him? Where did he receive such profound insights? And what mighty miracles flow through his hands? Isn't this Mary's son, the carpenter, the brother of Jacob, Joseph, Judah, and... I think you need to say that a lot more gossipy. Don't his sisters live, all live here in Nazareth? And they took offense at him. This is actually like a super key scripture. God left this out of the page to me one time I was reading it. And he said, um, read the next sentence. This is a very commonly quoted phrase, but people don't understand the context in which it's being quoted. So it says, Jesus said to them, a prophet is treated with honor everywhere except his own hometown, among his relatives, and in his own house. Mm -hmm. He was unable to do any great miracle in Nazareth except heal a few sick people by laying hands upon them. He was amazed at the depth of their unbelief. And Jesus went out to a different village and taught the people. Um, what's really fascinating about this is that people will quote the scripture, a prophet is treated with honor everywhere except his own hometown. And people will say that. Pastors will say that. Oh, Elders right. will say that. 
A prophet is without honor in his own home. An elder is out without honor in their own home. Yeah, but the the reason isn't because you need to honor me because I'm your spiritual covering. Right. You need you need to honor me. Honor without love is duty and obligation. And so if there's no love at the root of your honor, you're actually not honoring someone. You are obligated to them. Mm. So we need to understand that everything we do is a function of love. Mm -hmm. And really the kingdom principle here is that this is the power of offense. So remember, this is Jesus. This is, this is, just this is God Jesus. himself. This is, but the way that they're framing just Jesus is it's, oh, that's just Jesus. Right, right, right. So no, we know Jesus in the context of who he is now, but this is Jesus who like already changed water to wine, already had many great miracles. Even as he was teaching, what incredible wisdom has been given to him, what profound insight, what mighty miracles flow through his hands. Isn't this just Jesus? Just Jesus. Right. And so, and they took offense with him. So really, this is key. The power of offense is you can actually limit someone else's ability to be who God's created them to be. Mm. So Jesus was still Jesus in this situation, but he could do no great work except for heal a few sick people. Well, let's like unpack for just a second, maybe a few seconds, what offense actually looks like. Because when we chat with a lot of people, and we'll bring up, you know, in a conversation, oh, well, it sounds like there might be an offense. They're like, oh, well, I'm not offended. Like, I'm not hurt. And we think it's like this giant thing. Right. And so that's where, that's where judgments come in. Judgments are really subtle things. But let's, let's finish here and then we'll jump to judgment. Right? Well, just like unpack how they were just, sure. ju no, no, go back for a second. Flip back in that oh, Bible. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Flip back. Because the way that they framed it, they saw something really spectacular. Whoa, mm -hmm. the wisdom that he got, the insight that he had. They they could see and sense that there was something different. And then their heart went to, well, isn't that just the guy, like Mary's son? Mm -hmm. And there was something in their heart that had already started to evaluate and discredit or tear down or become offended with the fact that it was someone just like them. And so what starts to rise up in your heart is this pride and this comparison and this entitlement or justification or all of these things. And those are big words, but they come up in tiny little ways, which creates offense. Well, right. why does Jesus know that much? I should know that much. How did he get this special knowledge? Mm -hmm. What's yeah. so different about him? Like, how come he got this instead of me? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We see it um, in... Subtle forms of judgment, and this is important to understand um, when you're talking about what you're sharing with other, with what other people might have been experiencing in that time. Um, this is what the word says about judgment, and there's two types of judgment that's important to understand. There's condemnational judgment. What's that? When you condemn someone else. So if you condemn a building, you're saying it's 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 useless. We have to tear it down. Really. Condemnation is just functionally tearing down other people. So can we give like just a minor Well, let, let me let me finish defining it and then yes. So there's and then there's discernment of understanding a situation for what, what it is. So if there's a building that needs to be condemned and torn down, I can I can condemn it meaning tear it down or I can discern that there's something that needs to be restored, there's something wrong with it, maybe it's not safe. Discernment that's a form of judgment. But discernment is understanding the situation for what it is and seeing it 
from a clear vantage point. So what we see in Matthew 7 is what Jesus says, refuse to be a critic full of bias toward other people or others, and judgment will not be passed on you. So this, this scripture traditionally says, judge and you'll be judged. Okay? Refuse to be a critic full of bias towards other people, and judgment will not be passed on you. For you'll be judged by the same standard that you've judged others. The measurement you use on them will be used on you. And why would you focus on the flaws in someone else's life yet fail to notice the glaring flaws in your own? How could you say to your friend, let me show you where you're wrong when you're guilty of even more? You're being hypocritical and a hypocrite. First, Acknowledge your own blind spots and deal with them. And then you'll be capable of dealing with the blind spot in your friend. Now, this is the scripture where um, Jesus talks about the plank in your eye and the plank in others. That's a, that's a metaphor. And so this is, this is the passion translation. So this is literally translating what that means. And what offense does is it, it points the finger and says, you're the thing that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or something in you is the thing that's wrong. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, with offense, going back to Mark, um, what we see here is they are offended at Jesus for sharing incredible wisdom and profound insights. Um, some people think that um, if, if you're sharing profound insights in a situation and people are offended with you, most people say, that's fine, whatever. I'm just gonna carry on. And um, what happens is you, by not dealing with that offense mm -hmm. in your own heart, first of all, because that's a form of judgment, you actually bind yourself to that offense and you limit yourself to being who you're fully called to be. Mm -hmm. So this is the power of offense is it limits others in your community think about this in a church community because we've been a part of quite a number of them okay. and it's just people right it doesn't matter what community is it, it could be a business a business could be a, com a company culture mm -hmm. could be sports culture really any organization like community group anything and usually what happens is gossip and offense go hand in hand you're absolutely right and slander and slander mm -hmm. it's it's really all in the same ballpark and so when we're offended, we're limiting other people from being who they're called to be. But do you know a, a sneaky way that offense tries to operate is when you hold someone to who they were yesterday, a month ago, a year ago, five years ago. Like part of that original scripture that you brought up is they were holding Jesus to who they knew he was instead of discerning the moment of who he is now. So offense sometimes, and judgments especially, and even slanders, it, it pops up in these ways of your experience with someone five years ago. Mm -hmm. Instead of giving God and them the space to transform their heart over time, and maybe they're not the same person. They, yeah, they might absolutely. be, but maybe they're not. Maybe God has done something. I remember we got a phone call about someone that we were in business with, and People were trying to give us really good advice like, oh, I've worked with that person, you know, four or five years ago and I saw some things 
And I remember they, they were giving us this mm, soulful insight. Mm. We'll call it that, soulful insight. But it was really the plank in their own eye. And it was the plank in their own eye. Yeah. And I just remember walking away from that conversation and looking at you and saying like, but what if God has done something since mm -hmm. that moment? What if God, what if they had a rock bottom moment and God gripped their heart overnight? It could be, and that's the thing is God could grip someone's heart overnight, but we sometimes in our offense hold people to a certain type of punishment and process. Yeah. And our, our offense keeps them in that, that process and we're not actually able to see who they are. Let's use a different word. Sure. Offense. Yeah. Triggered. People use that word all the time. So if here, here's how you know you're offended. If you're triggered by someone or something by them just being themselves, mm -hmm. then you know you're offended. Mm -hmm. And so this is the situation where we need to deal with the plank in our own eye. Now let's, let's equip you on how to do that because that's kind of where this conversation is being led. So our desire is that you people get to and th this happens with us too we get offended it happens no no never <laughs> no this never. is this is a very like natural it. part of of living so if we don't keep short accounts and actually forgive um we really yield compound interest in offense which is not something we want to do so let's talk about hard forgiveness jesus said um, in, a, in a different scripture, he said, judge and you'll be judged, condemn and you'll be condemned, forgive and you'll be forgiven. And mm -hmm. Jesus talks a lot about forgiving. Can you just back up one second? Because you read that in the Passion Translation yeah. where it was like, in the measure in which you judge, yeah. you'll get that sewn back to you. Yeah. And a lot of times we're having conversations with people in the business space and they'll explain some of the situations that are happening and we'll just kind of drill it down to... Yeah. Well, have you ever judged another business for doing those things? Yeah. Or have you seen a business do one thing and you made a vow to do the complete opposite? Because right. a vow is still a judgment. It's just in the opposite direction that mm -hmm. still entraps you. And so, so often a lot of the problems that we see happening in the businesses that we're consulting and the people that we're chatting with is because they've actually made a judgment. Mm -hmm. And it's like the and it's out of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, evil is pretty obvious to most people, but where a lot of us get stuck is that tree of good. Yeah, and that, we that's judge. A whole it's a whole other teaching, part. I know. But when you judge from the goodest good, you're still in the wrong tree, yeah. and so you're reaping a judgment mm -hmm. of some kind. So let's say people leave a company or they leave a business and they start to slander or discredit people as they walk out the door year. It could be six months later, or it could be 10 years later. They reap that same thing. They choose to leave a company and then they get slandered as they walk out the door and all of that. And a lot of times it's because people are stuck in that cycle mm -hmm. of judgment and they yeah. don't even know it. Absolutely. And it's like a giant magnet judgment. Like the moment you put a judgment out there, it's like a giant U shaped magnet and you just attract that as much as possible. Well, let's talk about the solution to that then and heart forgiveness. Because yes. that's, that's a, it's a big deal, right? Um, so we can rewind it back to the Lord's Prayer even. When Jesus said, forgive us our trespasses or forgive us our sins, mm -hmm. forgive us our debts, as we forgive those yeah. who trespass or sin or have a debt against us. Mm -hmm. So this is really the essence of heart forgiveness. Forgive us our debts. Mm -hmm. as we forgive those who have a debt against us functionally speaking offense a sin against you it doesn't matter 
what the sin is. You can mm -hmm. think of the most heinous sin and you you personally have been through some of them. Mm -hmm. Our, me and my family have been through some other versions of that. Yeah. Um, and what we've done is we've actually counted the cost and forgiven. So what does that mean to count the cost? What does that mean to count the cost? Sure. It's Well, I think you should back it. Well, we can just clarify like offense when you have an offense or you hold an offense, it has a value to it. Sure. It has a cost. Sure. So like what well, we we talk about counting the cost quite a bit in heart forgiveness. And so counting the cost functionally is like the analogy I use is if someone owed you $10,000. Mhm. And you, you would quantify the amount of which they owe you, $10,000. And if you decided to forgive that person that debt, you would know they owed me $10,000. I'm wiping the slate clean. They owe me zero. That is functionally counting the cost. So it looks a little bit different in heart forgiveness, though, because sometimes it's about finances, but sometimes mm -hmm. it's about the emotional turmoil it took. Sometimes it's about the relational turmoil it took. Relationship is huge huge mm -hmm. maybe you lost sleep maybe you got unhealthy and gained weight or like lost weight or, or like anxiety, anxiety the torment of Absolutely. decisions or i know when we count the cost a lot of times people feel like they have to walk on eggshells and that uneasiness of always walking on eggshells and how you have to consistently overthink and defend and be on guard you could have lost friendships you could have lost um like jobs. actual actual money jobs yeah. and assets and opportunities really anything in the positive so you have to take a, a second and well, it's really a longer than sure <laughs> you have to take a moment you have to take a, a, a period of time and it's actually really helpful to inventory the list if especially mm -hmm. if the offender so to speak the person you're forgiving cost you a lot mm -hmm. so where that would be really key is like really close friendships family relationships marriages those types of things mm -hmm. where um, there was so much relational equity in it. And so there, there's always room for offense. Angela and I have places in our marriage where like we need to, and we do kind of keep an inventory and we try and keep short accounts. That's why Jesus talks about keeping a short account. Yeah. Um, and so as we see what is owed to us, so to speak. What we expect is owed to us. Yes, right, right. What the cost is. Yeah. We say, Jesus... Would you forgive me, right? So the Lord's Prayer. Father, would you forgive me for my debt as we forgive those who trespass or have a debt against us? Mm -hmm. Okay, so would you forgive me for any area where I've held unforgiveness toward this person, where I've, I've held them in bondage? And we ask God to forgive us because we can't give something that we don't have. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's... Mm. How often... Yeah. Sorry, guys, I'm going to go there. How often do we sit with people and they're like, oh yeah, I've forgiven them. I've forgiven them. I've already done the forgiveness. And it, they, and when we're chatting with them, it's a mental forgiveness. It's this like, good boy, good girl. I know that I have to forgive so that God's not mad at me. Mm -hmm. um, but when we, you get, you start drilling down to the heart, mm -hmm. there's no forgiveness. Absolutely. There's well, bitterness. There's, and and you know there's no forgiveness because it's, functionally sweeping under the rug because yes. if they were in the same room as that person would their heart be reconciliation no, not restoration now in he, hear me this is important if you were uh, like if there was a horrible say, oh, say someone and this has happened to me say someone lied and slandered your character drastically and like you lost relationships because of it could you be in the same room with that person and look at them 
with the eyes of Jesus of love. And, and there's no offense. There's no discomfort. May, sure, you're not going to want to reveal your heart to that person because they, uh, they have betrayed you in the past. And so this is what's important to understand. Well, another key is like, can you receive from them? Like mm. if God is do if God yeah. is doing something through sure. that person, is your heart open to receive through them? Because right. that would mean forgiveness is there. I'm not saying you have to be best buddies and right. they need to speak in your life, but let's say that person is publicly speaking and they are, and God is actually giving them incredible wisdom mm. and insight, just like just Jesus <laughs> and just Jesus. just Jesus. And uh, can you actually receive it? Or are you going to be like, oh, why is it that person? I did ministry with that person. Right. Why is it him? Yeah. Not me. I, I actually know them. Mm-hmm. I actually know them, yeah. which is an offense. Mm-hmm. Judgment. Super key. Mm-hmm. So, again, we, we, I want to rewind back to something you said. Because you want to receive what God is doing in their life. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you're restored back to how things were necessarily. No. So this is a this is a made up scripture that most Christians <laughs> speak all the time. It's right? it's in the book of uh, exaggerations. Exaggerations, love yeah. that book. Yeah, um, often. yeah. So it's forgive and forget. Mm-hmm. Must have missed that. No, it doesn't say that in the Bible. So this is what it says, and this is why people misquote it. Um, in First Corinthians thirteen, it says, "Love holds no record of wrong." Right, which means it's not holding a debt owed. Exactly. So if if the person who owed you $10,000, you forgave that debt, it's not that you forgot that you were owed $10,000. It's that the debt is forgiven. Mm-hmm. There's there's nothing owed to you anymore. I didn't forget that the thing happened because what does that make us do is be susceptible to the same thing happening over and over again because perhaps they haven't changed. Like you're not going to put yourself back in a situation that would cause you harm unless that is absolutely what God's doing. Like, and sometimes it is, but really quite often, no. So let's just, let's just operate in the assumption that God is a loving father protecting us yes. and he's not putting us in situations that are abusive or, or anything like that. That's not who he is. So when we say forgive us our debts is we forgive those who have a trespass against us or debt against us. Mm-hmm. We've now asked God to for, forgive us. Mm-hmm. And then we say, God, based, this is a key sentence, based off of your forgiveness I choose to forgive this person and really, yeah, this person and release them from any debt that they owe me. And if you really need to list it out, I release them from this money they owe me. I release them from this relationship that they cost me. I release them from this. And and you will find as you do that, as you go through it, you enter into a level of freedom from that situation. Mm -hmm. Nothing may have externally changed in your relationship with that person, but everything has changed in your heart. And that love is penetrating your heart. You're dealing with what we talked about in Matthew 7, of that log in your own eye, of, of the, you know, the blind spot that you're dealing with. And now perhaps you are put in a situation where you can deal with that blind spot in someone else. But you, the, it's the log and the splinter, right? The, the offense is literally a log in your own eye because you cannot see the person for who they are. That judgment, that offense really blinds you to who they are so you deal with that how massive that thing is and then you will find that that the thing that they're operating in is just a splinter it's something that's inconsequential and minor yeah and that is the beauty of heart forgiveness mm-hmm. it's a really important process and i would recommend that anyone who's listening to this podcast as they go through this process that they, you do it in community mm-hmm. because 
community will be able to peep and really these people need to operate in that level of forgiveness too like i've had to i've had to forgive people that i never met <laughs> that did stuff in your life that's true and i and i have to still forgive them sometimes like because new stuff comes up so it's like this is this cost me something and i never met you mm -hmm. and that's that's just the reality of how we have to walk life out on the earth how we get the opportunity to walk life out on, on the earth with jesus and what we get to live is as unoffendable yeah i want to go back to that point about community though because a lot of the times when we're chatting with people um i've noticed this thing of like well it's just me and god it's just me and god i'll i'll take it i'll i'll go internal i'll process it through with the lord and then i'll come back and i'll tell you the resolve and that is a very interesting belief system for me since Father, Son, and Spirit are community. Like they are three in one and there are no, no things hidden amongst them. They do everything together. And so I find it interesting that people a lot of the times want to work through forgiveness, but they try to do it alone. And you mentioned, you know, get into community and do it in community because there is such a benefit when you begin to walk through the debts that you hold against people where you become known in the ways that people owe you debts. Mm -hmm. And when you become known in that, then you can be loved through that. And then that brings a much deeper, profound freedom and healing because you start to realize that the people that actually know you aren't keeping that debt against you. Mm -hmm. And it helps love you through the debts that you generally carry towards other people because the debts that we carry are usually areas where we have not received love yet from the father and if it's a consistent pattern in our life we're probably not going to get it alone in our relationship with god we're going to have to get it through other people sorry guys he's a communal god he does things in community most of the time he does stuff in community but we think we can do inner healing or deliverance or all these things alone and he's not, forgiveness is not an alone thing, unfortunately, but it's wonderful to do it in community. And I know we have found so much freedom in doing forgiveness in community because one, people know the stuff that has been done to us or the, the ways that our hearts tend to keep score. And then second of all, when we're going down a slippery slope or they see a slippery slope, like we have slippery slopes, um, or if, you know, condemnation is coming in or those types of things, because we're known, someone can come and look in our eyes and say like, hey, I noticed that you're keeping a debt against this again. Like what's going on? What's going on here? Have mm -hmm. you done forgiveness? You know, have you had your desire filled? Have you um you know works that through in community and that kind of thing and so it brings a different perspective and a different level of security and healing we hope you enjoyed today's podcast and we'd love to hear from you so please find us at the well exchange on instagram and send us a message